Hey, how are you? What's up? Pretty good. How are you? Good. We have Instacart here now. Oh yeah. It's a little fancy. We don't have a. Nice. I don't know. Do we have Postmates here? Post. Do you know what Postmates is? No. Do you know what Instacart is? Yeah. Do y'all have that in Tallahassee? I don't know if we do or not. I don't think so. Yeah. So, like, you you can get uh, either Publix or Whole Foods. Uh, people people love when I type. You can get either. Nah, it's not Postmates. It's not here yet. Um, you can get uh, uh, with Instacart either Publix or, or Whole Foods delivered straight to your door within the hour. Right. Yeah. So, so like it, it's like, hey, I need some diapers, or I want some sriracha, and a college kid, or or you know, someone using the the gig economy shows up with uh with your with your sriracha, and it, the prices aren't bad. We were pricing avocados earlier. Whole Foods, Haas. Yeah. So like, what's the markup on it? It was like three bucks for an avocado, which you know, I mean, they're expensive, but that's you know. To, to get up and have to drive to Whole Foods and deal with the Whole Foods Columbia crowd. And, right. I mean, it's five minutes on the road, but still, it's like, I, I'm seriously never going to leave the house again. You can get, like, meat delivered, chicken and, and beef and basically basically anything at Whole Foods and or Publix, except for alcohol. Yeah. That's the only thing. Right. <sighs> once, uh, once Amazon has the alcohol drones, I don't think I'm ever leaving the house. <laughs> well, and they're they're lowering prices. I saw today on some Whole yes, Foods. I know stuff. I know. That's so exciting. Yeah, Marianne is like, well, you know, I'll still go to Trader Joe's. Like, yeah, uh, why, why go outside with with the mutants? Just <laughs> with the hoi polloi. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're they're Nazis and mutants and all kinds of things out there. You have to be careful these days. You you want you want the college kids to bring you the the Instacart. But yeah, I was, I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, Columbia, that's that's great." I mean, I've heard people talk about it down here, but I don't think we have it. I think they've like used it other places. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It, it's an Uber for groceries. <laughs> Uber, but for can we be done with that now? Oh, God, but the Uber, but for yeah, Uber, but whatever. for the Bible. Um, we we started doing um Amazon, not fresh. That's the same day thing. Pantry, pantry, which is the same kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. But so you, you fill up a, a box and you spend like fifty bucks and you get you know box delivered within two or three days. Right. We did that a couple times and I don't know. It's like how many goldfish and baked beans do you really right. <laughs> really need? The problem is yeah. The problem with that is that there's like a minimum of what you yeah can, yeah. You have to have a minimum amount before they'll ship it, and then you can't get fresh stuff that way. Right, right. So we do uh, do the Blue Apron thing. Right. Which some of our friends make fun of, but we love it. Like we're gonna we're gonna make blue apron tonight after we record. Um got a steak thing, got get some uh get some uh, uh artisanal I'm sorry. <laughs> artisanal <laughs> I like saying artisanal. Artisanal yeah. uh, uh uh ramen, which I'm very excited about. Right. Yeah. And Wayland's a fan He's of He's a big fan of on the Instagram yep. on the IG. Stories are lit. And uh, yeah, we 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 do like we do like the Blue Apron. I mean, we we get the three meals a week thing, and that really is like what we cook at home. Otherwise, we're I mean, we're not like a big like takeout, let's go out to dinner thing because we we right. We have young but kids. just when you get busy, sometimes you got to pick something up. Yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, three three seems like a good number. Yes, it's sixty bucks, you know, for for three. So it's it's what basically two fifty a month for uh, uh, three times four for twelve mils, which is expensive. But if you do the math, it's it's ten bucks a person, and for the exposure we're getting, and we get this awesome collection of stuff, and we we often will like remake things. Because they give you all the you know all the ingredients and instructions, so right, it, it's not hard to. Well, and this way, I mean, it. I've heard a lot of people do it, and they do it for a little while, and like learn new dishes and you know techniques or portions or something like that, and then decide, okay, that's good. Now I can do this. Now I know all the ingredients, so I can just put them on my shopping list, and I can do it myself. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we have a, a cool binder that we keep, and uh, we, we keep it. Mariana keeps it uh, very nicely organized by like protein. You know whether it's it's tofu or, or fish or, or meat or I don't eat pork. You know that that kind of thing. Um, so it's like God, ah, you know. Oh, Sam's eating, so we, we can't make pork. Or Mariana's eating, so we right. can't make ramen because she doesn't like ramen somehow. Presbyterian. Um, anyway, yeah, it's a big week, huh? <laughs> that, that's evergreen, right? <laughs> <laughs> the evergreen intro, big week. Big week. Huh? T. Swift is is dropping some stuff. Jeez. We got the uh, the I know. the uh, Trump eclipse. Did you did you see his retweet? Did you see that meme this morning? <laughs> yeah, I tweeted it this morning. <laughs> he tweeted it. He retweeted that. I know, no, I know. He retweeted it, and oh. I tweeted that he retweeted it. So, I honestly, I wrote the tweet like fifteen times, and I couldn't figure out what to say. So I just said Trump just retweeted this. <laughs> Because I just couldn't figure out how to, but it, there's so many racial overtones in that tweet, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not the only one who saw that. No. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. And that like doesn't even register on the scale of what happened today, let alone this week. Yeah, I haven't. I, yeah, I've been busy all day. I haven't seen any of his tweets, but I heard. I, I turned on uh, was it CNN like 10 minutes ago. Just I was like, okay, give give me a crash course CNN, and I heard he was angry tweeting. Yes, <laughs> about his speeches, right? And politicians are like, well, um, or not politicians, like the fake news media is mad because he like gave different speeches or something. Uh. So he had this like, it wasn't a thread because he doesn't thread his tweets, but this, you know, consecutive tweets trying to explain his rationale. But he had to send, Sorry, there were like three, there were three tweets of three tweets in this consecutive tweet, whatever thing. But two of them, he had to write three times because he kept misspelling stuff in them. <laughs> So he was. I'm sorry. The president of the United <laughs> he States. He was doing the thing where he like deletes the tweet and then. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love those. I've got a couple of screen grabs of, of like like the heel <laughs> thing. Heel. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we we must heal. That was good. Um. Yeah. Oh my man, god! It's the best eclipse ever. What do you what do you do with that? Holy crap! Oh, I saw yeah. this one this morning. I was watching. I was watching Morning Joe. I requested that Mitch M and Paul R. <laughs> they have Twitter <laughs> accounts. He doesn't know how to use Twitter. Tie the debt ceiling in capital legislation into the popular VA bill, which just passed for easy approval. They didn't do it, so now we have a big deal with Dems holding them up as usual on debt ceiling approval. Could have been so easy now, a mess. That was actually the Heritage Foundation and the, uh, the what's the. I'm blanking. It's been a busy day. What, what's the far right side who, who blocked um, the ACA as well? The ACA. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Now nah, just triggered Siri. Jeez, Siri, stop. <laughs> what was that? Um, 
not is it heritage group what what's what are the crazy right wing republican i mean you have the heritage foundation no so i mean that might be but i don't know if that's it i mean you've what, what's what's uh, i'm not what's, sure what's the group with uh with with the not the tea party but the other wing of the republican party that that people are yelling at us right now um the alliance of baptists i kind of like doing that just like letting it go the uh, <laughs> so the people in the car are just yelling at us like how are you so stupid um they're kind of like the alliance I'm, but on the other side they're they're um anyway yeah so it turns out there was a group of republicans that were that that forced mitch and mitch m and paul r not to uh not to take that up but there you are with the debt ceiling because it's going to be yeah. the big deal in the next two weeks because last week it's going to be a huge deal because he's also trying to say um, you're either going to pay to build the wall or we're going to shut the government down. The wall that supposedly America or Mexico is supposed to pay for. Yeah, but I mean, he, he said that in the middle of that terrible speech in Phoenix, but I mean, he's rolling through chaos and it, it, the, the pattern is clear. It, one day he gives kind of a, a semi-coherent speech where he's reading off the teleprompter. Then he gives a speech in Phoenix where he, I mean, it's a rally. <laughs> he's not dog whistling right. like he he's at the pound like rattling the cages um yep. like he, he's driving a car up and down streets of charlottesville if you know what i mean and then on the other side we have we're gonna get kicked off itunes for that and then on the other side we have um the, the speech that he gave yesterday uh for for the the uh, the veterans association al conf 2017 for the american legion um it, which was, you know, semi-normal. Like he was reading off the teleprompter, and that was fine. So it, it and th- I think the next speech he gives is going to be unhinged. So it's like this back and forth, back and forth thing, and that's part of the strategy, the calculus, if you will. I don't, I don't know. So here, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. I'm just not sure there's a strategy there, right? I think what we're seeing with the like one speech that sounds, you know, vaguely. This is a pivot. He, he's going to be presidential now. Right, yeah. right. So, like, it's just not going to happen. No, what what happens then is somebody convinces him, you need to read this speech. And he goes out and reads the speech. And he's super uncomfortable. And he tries to ad-lib, but he's not really good at it. And then he's like, that wasn't any fun. I'm not going to do that again. And so he goes out and he's just himself. And that's the thing I think you see, right, is when he is um, most inflammatory is when he's just being himself, Right, oh, he's yeah. not reading off totally, a prompter. Totally. He's ad libbing. Um, he's saying what he really thinks. So, so I mean, that's that's kind of the the problem I have with the way a lot of people have been interpreting stuff over the past few weeks with Trump is this idea that well, he's pandering to this part of his base, or he's, you know, he has this strategy. I don't think so. Like, we have enough evidence that we should just say this is what he believes. This is what he thinks. This is how he understands the world. I mean, it's pretty obvious how stark the difference is between uh, when he's reading off a prompt or something that somebody else wrote and when he's just speaking off the cuff. Yeah, totally. And I don't know, I'll get back and forth on it because I, I do want to believe that he's just being irrational and, and being, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't want to be disparaging. He's just being racist or he's being this or he's being dumb or, or emotional. Um you know, part of me believes that, but then part of me says, like, how could you go back and forth? And and he said as much. Um, 
at the at the speech in was it Reno with with the uh, American Legion when he says, yeah, people said, oh well, you know, I was unhinged and no, what was it? There's some he, he kind of referenced it and he said, um, right, you know, I, I forgot which one of the three it was this week. You know, he basically said like, yeah, you know, this is there was a time to be reverent. There was a time. Maybe it was on Twitter. Uh, there was a time to uh, have fun at a rally, and I'm sorry that the Democrats don't have people that can't be modal or, or can't whatever his – he wouldn't say modal because he's not woke. But <laughs> <sighs> whatever his uh, yeah description was there. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It, but we, we've forgotten. We've, I mean it, it's, what, two weeks after Charlottesville now, and it, I mean – that it feels like Comey. It's like, well, well, <laughs> we survived. That's good enough for now. Keep moving on. We don't, we don't need to yeah. hold him accountable for that. I mean, he's, he's, he's trying, Thomas. He's doing a really good job at, at trying to become presidential. And, you know, we, we just need to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, I mean, he, he is the president. You know, we, we need to show him our respect. And, you know, if we're Christian, we would say God put him in power. And, and we need to respect that. Otherwise, we're fighting against the will of God. And if we're not Christian, we can say, well, the people elected him, and here we are, so we need to show him respect and show the office respect, right? Wasn't it Paula White? Was it Paula White this week who said, God, like, <laughs> you cannot criticize him? She said, God, really good. God puts uh, kings God puts kings up, and God tears kings down. And when God puts a king up, you need to... Uh, abide by that otherwise you're living in rebellion against god yeah yeah i saw somebody tweet out kind of their explanation of it was like presidential spiritual advisor issues fatwa against criticizing the president or something like that just <laughs> um, <laughs> so good right yeah. like i mean basically how would it we is. cover this if this happened in a in another country in a muslim country right so i really appreciate a lot of those articles that do that like how would we have covered charlottesville if it had happened in uh you know baghdad well the reality is we probably wouldn't have covered it at all or, but you know why didn't paula white say that during the obama administration like y'all calm down calm down angry white people i know we have a black person who's president but he's really qualified and you know what god put him up and god puts up kings and god tears down kings so as i said to someone on twitter this morning why do you ask questions to which you already know the answer <laughs> if you ask if you ask a question on twitter where you already know the answer the answer is no yeah so yeah will this cat survive its harrowing journey across the pond no it's going to fall in the cold water and it's going to be funny or, or not sad because it's on Twitter. Anyway, um, yeah, nothing's changed. Everything's still the same. And, and we're, we're going to be in Afghanistan. I mean, any other uh, presidential situation that would be the main story for weeks. You know, Trump recanting on his years and years and years of, of, of harassment <laughs> of the Obama administration about Afghanistan. Um, now saying, well, we're, we're going to be in there. We're not going to give you a timeline because that would be t telling the terrorists what we're going to do. Right. I've got a plan, but I can't tell you what can't the plan tell you, is. Yeah. Sounds like a great plan. Sounds like my seven-year-old. Yeah. Daddy, I'm going to clean my room. Just let me – give me time to do it. I'm like, okay, well, go, go clean your room. I, I'm, I'm going to do it on my own time. I'm, All right, Dad. Here's the plan. And yeah, I'm going to clean it, but I can't let you know when I clean it. Because then the and you the can't come wins. look at it to determine if it's been clean. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Right. right, right. And don't look. And you don't can't look judge whether it's clean enough. 
And and if you start if you start getting mad at me because or if you start correcting me for not cleaning my room well enough, then I'm going to stop cleaning my room and I'm just going to leave. I'm going to pull out and I'm going to say, "You clean it up. You you're so angry about it. You're not you're not giving me the support." Which kind of what he said. Is this what you wanted? <laughs> Are you not entertained? He has no clue what is he's doing. Is this not why you're here? But oh, okay, so I'm going to end. We we talk about this every week. What really surprises me, unlike what okay, so I, I work with a lot of churches, a lot of nonprofits, a lot of people who are, you know, religious. And when there's a situation, because I, I, I sometimes we'll get into crisis management, right? So like a, a church, something happens in a church, and and they need some social media help and and some messaging help, right? So, you know, something terrible happens, and and you see where I'm going with that. Um, oftentimes, in in those situations, people around the person that did the bad thing will surround the person and, and give them encouragement and say, you know, life goes on, but you really messed up, and here's some steps that we need to take to rectify the situation. You know, if they don't go to jail, um, but. It doesn't feel like anyone's doing that in the administration or in the Republican Party. You know, like it doesn't feel like there's a like like Mitch McConnell today was was nice about Trump after Trump attacked him this morning. And and I understand why he's doing that on face because he's an old school politician. And he gets how that works. You know, but they had a cursing match evidently on the phone a couple of weeks ago, which <laughs> right. according to the uh, was it the Post, uh, which is you know uh, amazing. But if John Kelly or General Kelly doesn't work and and can't get Trump to come to Jesus, which I don't think he will, because Trump has never had to do that. Like, what's the end game? You know, like when is enough enough? Because these last seven months have been all. I mean, every single day you wake up and you, and you check the Twitter and you're like, oh my God, he just tweeted that, or oh my gosh, this happened, or oh my gosh, he said this last night at a speech. You know, and then we've got the we've got a major hurricane moving in. He said nothing about that. You know, it's it's like all this craziness, and and it just feels like no one's holding him accountable, and everyone's making excuses. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, yeah. you know, to hear the leakers tell it, um, Jared and Ivanka are always trying to moderate him. You know. Um, they clearly have not been very successful because that's usually what you hear about, right? Every now and then you'll hear that, you know, Ivanka really pushed for this and got him to soften up on this thing or that thing. But usually it's, you hear that they tried, but he made his decision, right? Which is, which to me is obviously people in the Javanka camp that are trying to make sure, you know, trying to keep their fans, right? Try to distance himself a little bit from what he's doing and trying to say, we're not that crazy. Still buy our stuff stuff um it's not gonna work right um but i don't know i mean you hear some people tell it there are people that are trying and they're not being successful i think is obvious uh but i do think that it seems like a lot of people that there's that he's surrounded himself by are not people that are going to try sycophants right yeah yeah it, it's like the uh uh ivanka thing about it the lgbtq community saying like we, we've got your back and then a couple of months later we get this you know horrifying tweet from trump 
or a couple of tweets, and and then news today that that he's actively still working to get the uh, Defense Department to tell people that if they've come out as as transgender, they're you know they won't be combat ready or something like that. Whereas the Obama right. administration said, no, no, that's fine. So, I mean, even that, like for for one president to say, hey. If this is your identity, that's great. Come out, you know, like we'll, we'll support you. And then the next president to say, like, well, if, if you do that, you're losing your job and your livelihood and your family's, you know, sustenance and, and where you live. You know, there's all sorts of ramifications for that. And like not even taking into into account that that humanity aspect. I don't know, things like that. Just that that's what really grates me, really grinds my gears. <sighs> yeah i'm 39 now that's crazy i know i know your birthday was the oh, day after the eclipse it was the, the eclipse was the most amazing thing i've ever seen in my entire life by far i, I mean it was cool here but we we had like 86 percent no see i know it's it's not even the same i know i mean i, I loved being there for the birth of all of my children <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> i love you kids but the eclipse. <laughs> there's no way to, to redeem myself at this. Um, nope. Nope. I'm done. But the eclipse was really amazing. Uh, it, it was the most amazing thing I've seen besides the birth of my children, which I love dearly. All three of them. <laughs> They're so fantastic. Yeah, young kids. Yeah. So, so here we had like 86 percent, and it, it was cool. Like you could look at it with the glasses, and definitely you could just barely see a little sliver of the sun, um, and it looked like dusk outside so you could tell a noticeable difference in um how things looked outside but then that was it yeah so so, so here um, i mean okay it's kind of funny you, you know a couple of our friends who are on the iMessage thing down the road yeah. they, they literally live like five blocks away from us and um they were under a, a rain cloud and all of a sudden it was as, as if moses was in the sky and, and the clouds parted <laughs> <laughs> and I've been looking forward to this thing for like years. So, yep. Mary and I was like, "Oh, this is God." I'm like, "Shut up, you." Anyway, so the clouds part, <laughs> and the the sun is there right before totality. Because I'm in Columbia, South Carolina, and we're in the southeast part, which is like the the best part. And the totality cone was only 70 miles wide, and we it was right over us for two minutes and 40 something seconds. So right when totality happens, it you know, it's 115 degrees or whatever here in Columbia every day, it feels like. Right. Yeah. And the temperature dropped 25 degrees. I mean, it was amazing. Like, just boom. And everything got really dark. There was a sunset all around. Bats came out. We have bats in our neighborhood. Uh, crickets were chirping. And it got dark. And, and we could see Mercury. And we could see, uh, uh, you know, Mars and, and Regulus and the stars and that kind of thing. And, and so I'm trying to point those out. But it was just the weirdest like color and, and, and feel. And then you look up and there's this black hole sun, you know, won't you come uh, thing up in, in the sky. Right. And all of a sudden it, I mean, it was, it was strange and uh, like the color of the atmosphere and, and the color like around you, you know, when you look at the trees and stuff was unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, so I've, I've never done LSD, but I imagine that's kind of what it's like. It's something like that. <laughs> yeah, because it was, yeah. it was like I'm, I'm uncomfortable, but this is really trippy, and I kind, I kind of want to live in this space for a little bit longer than two minutes and, and forty seconds because this is really, really cool. Um, 
and and yeah, even the kids were just like, whoa, this is, you know, this is something else. Uh, and they immediately ran in and wrote down their their impressions in their notebooks, which I I didn't tell them to do. So it it was so impactful though. Um, yeah, it, it was it was amazing. And and if if you ever get the experience or the chance to experience totality, like definitely 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 get on the Carnival cruise ship or whatever you need to do and, and make that happen because holy cow, that was that was yeah. That's kind of my big. thought. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I just didn't. I knew there'd be a difference, like a totality versus not. And, and I mean, even like totality versus 95% is still a big difference. Um, but after kind of going through this and seeing what we had, but then seeing what other people had, I'm definitely thinking, okay, next time I've got to travel somewhere if I'm not in the path because, yeah, pretty yeah, awesome. It's so weird. I mean, and you could take off your glasses and just like stare at this thing. And, and right. it was black and you could see the Corona to the corona and like the flames and stuff yeah i mean it was it was you know and, and mariana was like take a picture and i was like no shut up everybody just quiet. look at it <laughs> just, just look at it yeah and yeah. and uh and immediately the the diamond effect like the diamond ring yeah. thing when the when the uh sun moves away oh my god that was the brightest you know like quickly you put on your glasses but still it was right. the weirdest light um ever and everything all of a sudden like Cricket stopped chirping, and I don't know. It was it was it was something where you can identify with people from a pre-scientific society and say, okay, I understand why you think the world was ending because right. that, that felt apocalyptic. The sun went black. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, good lord. Even if you're not in totality, but but you know, if you're fighting a battle or or if you're looking for a sign in the heavens, and all of a sudden that happens, like yeah, I'm gonna go pray to Anana all of a sudden, and and you know, yeah. wave some lulavs around because that's that's going to be some scary stuff yeah, you know you you have to stroke your lulav sam don't you remember <laughs> oh i do i want uh, we need to google that and see if that's still the case yep. speaking of stroking lulavs <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> Ugarits. we're so bad at this <laughs> uber but for stroking lulav uber but for ezekiel well, speaking of speaking of apocalyptic crazy things, how about Ezekiel? I know, I know. How about huh? Ezekiel? All right, so if yeah. you're if you're playing along, thank you for listening. Thank you for playing along. This is Thinking Religion. We're 25 minutes in, and um, we've got round three starting this week of our Bible bracket challenge. And you can go to Challenge. I apologize for the name, but it's a really cool site. <laughs> Challenge.com, C-H-A-L-L-O-N-G-E.com, slash Thinking Religion. There's a link in the show notes if you're listening on your... Most people listen on Overcast, which I, I think is really interesting. Like, when you look at our stats, it's it's like 70% yeah. Overcast. Because, you know, it's, I mean, it's a free app, but I, I would assume yeah. most people would listen on, um, like, a browser. On the or, podcast app. Or, yeah, Apple Podcast. Yeah. So it's like it's like 70%... Overcast, then twenty percent Apple Podcast, and then five percent browser, then five percent Android, and I'm probably the five percent Android. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, we're in, we're in round three. This is the fifth week we've been doing this, I believe. I think so. We've been doing it for a while now. <laughs> this has gone on for way too long, Thomas. Um, <laughs> it's going to speed up now, though. Um. Okay. Are, are you looking at challenge? dot com slash yes. religion. Are there any yes. of these matchups that we can just knock out? Well, uh, clearly Romans is going to walk through Second Samuel, right? Nope. 
I knew you were going to yes, do that. I've got a yes. tab pulled up. I wrote down notes. I, I did a I did a David Ray Allen, and I, I spent some time on this. Nope. Uh, Susanna Esther. Esther wins, right? Yes, Esther wins. Yeah. It's a very scientific um, uh, bracket here in case you're just joining us. Uh, they're not all like this, but um, well, very, very uh, scientific uh, criteria that we have. It's it's complicated. You probably wouldn't understand it. So. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you got to read your, your Von Rad and, and Schleiermacher to, to understand. All right. Uh, judges first, John. Judges, right? Hmm. I don't know. I tried. Um. Ooh, Hosea Malachi. That's a tough one. Um. John Zachariah. It's definitely. It's got to be John. Yeah. John is not my favorite gospel, but it's got to be John. It's such a good gospel. I got stuff to talk about with John. <laughs> I do yeah. too. I, I I had it five zero though. Cause, I mean, I love I like Zachariah a whole lot. And it's very impactful. And I'm sorry for Team Zachariah out there. But yeah, we're we're not gonna have time to go through that. Uh, God, First Kings Gospel of Thomas. We're gonna have to say that for next week because that's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Second Kings yes. and Mark. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Exodus Jonah. That's. I mean, that one's got to be Exodus, right? Yeah. I like Jonah. I like Jonah a lot. Jonah had a good run, and I, I think we we leaned in hard on Jonah last week. Um, <laughs> but it's got to be it's got to be Exodus. Yeah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a, a great book, but we both picked Jonah over Jeremiah, which blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, well, right. you know, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Uh, yeah, mind. Genesis over Ephesians. What really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was prepared to go to battle. Wow. Okay. I can. I'm down with that. It's just got to be. I'm just trying to give credit where credits due. Shit, dog. Nick. Then after that, we get Exodus versus Genesis. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the matchup you need. Ooh. Not the matchup you deserve. All right. So, if, if taking into those, if we look at the the current stats before we hop in, number one, which blows my mind, is Professor McMakin. Why does that blow your mind? Because he's a Calvinist. Number two. Because <laughs> he's a Bardian. <laughs> Post-Bardian. It's Trevar with 57. Nice. And then we get Professor Walters at 52. So he's still in the running. And then Sheldon at 52. Down, down, down. David Ray down there. Mariana is obliterated way down at the bottom. <laughs> she probably picked Luke or something, right? <laughs> she, she's picked... Uh, like Okay, so for instance... Uh, Professor Macon has 41 out of 93. Mariana has 16 out of 93. She got 10 right, then 10 right, then 4 right. Yeah, Professor Walter's making the strong comeback with 12 right in the third round, so far, or 12, 12 points, I should say, in the third round. So, anyway, we'll see what happens with that. But, boo, okay, you ready? You ready to fight? Yeah. It's going to be. Let's fight. It's going to be bad. Any other, any other? James Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy. <laughs> no, okay, because I was going to go James. <laughs> no. All right. Well, uh, I do think we could probably go first Samuel over Jude. I'll give you that one. You sure? Yeah. I know you like Jude. Yeah. 
But it's, first Samuel is it's a quality it's it's got a lot of depth that Jude doesn't have. So does second Samuel. Alright. There we go. First Samuel. Yeah, first Samuel's amazing. Uh Daniel first Maccabees. It's gotta be Daniel. I mean, first Maccabees is great. But Daniel has the cultural cachet that first Maccabees doesn't, even though we get Hanukkah from first Maccabees. Yep. I had Daniel four one, but yeah. I had a whole litany written out for First Maccabees because it's a good book and it should be in the canon of the Protestant Church. And it's a shame it's yeah, not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Dan, but Daniel has. And it used to be. It used to be. No. Um, walk into an Episcopal church and sometimes you'll see it. Um, I, I, but Daniel is is so important and and so weird. <laughs> <laughs> not not just because of what's in the text, but because of what's around the text. And you know, right. you, you get Bell and the Dragon, and sees, you know all all the other kind of additions to Daniel. Um, and Jesus loved him some Daniel. I mean, that's got to count for something, right? Uh, you, you know, coming from this side. All right, Judges, First John, Revelation, First Corinthians, Job, Hebrews, Hosea, Malachi, John beat Zechariah. Yeah, I think Gospel of Thomas First Kings might be our, our shout match here. <laughs> might be. All right, let's kick it off. Ezekiel versus Matthew. I'll let you start. <clears throat> okay, here's the thing. Matthew 3-2. Do I need to go through why? Yes. Okay, Ezekiel comes out the gate really strong, right? With the vision, with the foreheads, etc. Crazy apocalyptic stuff. Very, very timely. But, I don't know. You got Matthew, you got the second Moses, you got the, the five books of Moses, you've got the fleeing to Egypt, the kind of, you know, the antithesis of Moses there. Um, and people know Matthew. And I think that I think that counts for something, right? You get staying power for a reason. I don't always agree with the reasons, but you get it for a reason. I talked last time we the last uh, Ezekiel versus Leviticus matchup. I talked about the Valley of Dry Bones, which I think is just a fantastic passage. Uh, the opening vision, it's got some really strong points, but it doesn't have you know the Sermon on the Mount. Um, <laughs> Which I know, like, what kind of... No, it does not. What kind of criteria is that? I know. (laughs) But then you've also got... I probably already talked about this with Matthew, right? You have the genealogy, which is a fantastic genealogy. It's a great way to open the text. And you have kind of women in there and this really interesting stuff happening with the women that are placed in the genealogy. Um, i got to go with Matthew 3-2. We need David Ray. All right. Um, Ezekiel has much more than just the Valley of the Dry Bones, as we know. Shekinah. Yes. The glory, the the the, the shiningness of God, the glory of God. Um, the house of God, the kavod. Yeah. Um. We, we, we get this interesting dichotomy in, in Ezekiel between the Zadokites and the Levites. The Levites. Um, 
we talked a lot about Ezekiel, and and I love Ezekiel. It's a great book. If you haven't read Ezekiel, just go online, pick up a Bible, read some Ezekiel. But yeah, Matthew three two, just because yeah. Matthew is. I mean, it, any other book maybe. And you got the Christopher Stendhal stuff, right? The synagogue synagogue across the street with Matthew. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's good. There's a lot of good. You know, kind of like as a handbook of. Um, kind of answering questions that come up because of somebody somebody's read Mark and they have questions and so Matthew's like the handbook to answer those questions. It's it's yeah. the Jewish gospel, Thomas. Well, something that's, like that. <laughs> but that's the only reason I'm voting for it. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got to go with Matthew. Even though I do like Ezekiel and it was the, the number one seed because it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Um but seriously, go go pick up Ezekiel. At least read the first five chapters. Yeah, it's a fantastic story. Yeah, it really is. And and you, you get a, a glimpse into a different perspective on the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible or the Tanakh, however you interpret that, uh, than you do from kind of the, the Deuteronomistic history. So you, you get it. It's this weird book, kind of like Jeremiah, because it's. I mean, Jeremiah has the DH redactors in there. If you're again a fan of Von Rad. But um, you don't necessarily have too much of that in Ezekiel. Um, so when you read everything from, you know, basically Deuteronomy up, up through Joshua Judges, Samuel Kings, even the Chronicles, uh, it, it presents this picture of, of Israel and the people of God in, in, a, in a little different way, I, I think, theologically than some of the the strands that are left in Ezekiel. It's kind of like it's kind of like reading the J narrative in, in Genesis. Not to be historical <laughs> critical, Sam, but you know it, it feels like you're you're reading you're reading something else. It's, you know when you when you read the Song of Deborah, it's like what is this? Like this is a little different way of viewing God. Yeah. You know, and and you don't necessarily get that in Deuteronomy. So anyway, all right, that that was a tough one for me. Uh, that spent a lot of time on on that. I prayed. All right, so next we have Gospel of Mary and Ezra. And I'm going to start here, and I hope Ezra makes it to the next round so I can talk about this. I love the Gospel of Mary. It's very interesting. Uh, I've got a link that I'm going to put in the show notes. Let me copy this. This is um, from Karen King, who I respect still, despite the... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, This is the Gospel of Mary of Magdala, Jesus and the First Woman Apostle. And it's a it's a great read uh, from 2003. It's the it's an excerpt from her uh, introduction to the book, and she talks about this gospel um, with this writing in, in a fantastic way. So I'm gonna make sure we have that. It's from gnosis.org, which you know take it what you will, but uh, it, it it can be a helpful site. So yeah. they yeah. Um, so anyway. Uh, can, can I read part of this? Because I, I yeah. like this. Okay. The story of the Gospel of Mary is a simple one. Since the first six pages are lost, the Gospel opens in the middle of a scene portraying a discussion between the Savior and his disciples set after the resurrection. The Savior is answering their questions about the end of the material world and the nature of sin. He teaches them that at present all things, whether material or spiritual, are interwoven with each other. Which is kind of a delightful thing, right? In the end, God, I'm like Donald Trump now. I'm interjecting. I'm reading off <laughs> many, many sides. In the end, that will not be so. Each nature will return to its own root, its own original state and destiny. 
But meanwhile, the nature of sin is tied to the nature of life. In, uh, I'm sorry, the nature of life in this mixed world. People sin because they they do not recognize their own spiritual nature, and it's instead love the lower nature that deceives them and leads to disease and death. Salvation is achieved by discovering within oneself the true spiritual nature of humanity and overcoming the deceptive entrapments of the bodily passions of this world. The Savior concludes this teaching with a warning against those who would delude the, delude the disciples into following some heroic leader or a set of rules and laws. Instead, they are to seek the child of true humanity within themselves and gain inward peace. After commissioning them to go forth and preach the gospel, the Savior departs. And then they all get upset because Mary got the true revelation, which we talked about last week. Right. Uh, especially Andrew. Andrew was a jerk. Um, good book. I mean, I, I went back and I didn't get to read the whole thing over today, but I did go back and, and review it. But Ezra, to me, is, is the superior book. Because, and, and most people don't read Ezra and Nehemiah, right? I mean, it's not one of those books that people preach That's on. That's definitely right. <laughs> but we get kind of this, this real first telling of what happens after the exile to Babylon. Right, right. right? So Ezra comes back. He's, he's sort of sent back, if you will, um, to... to basically reinstitute Judaism or institute Judaism if you want to read it from from a certain way um, and I'll go into the hopefully Ezra makes it so I can I can expand on this I like to think that Ezra is kind of the book that really details what happens when the elites who are taken over to Babylon that the leadership of you know what were what was Judah get taken over into Babylon and they come back and they have things like, Oh, uh, here's this real story of creation where Marduk, I mean, Yahweh like, you know, splits, uh, Tiamat. I mean, I mean the, the, the depths in the ocean. Um, and, and Artaxerxes, you know, who's now the, the King of, of, uh, Persia sends him back to sort of teach the laws of God to the people there in Jerusalem. And even in Ezra, it, it says like the people had never heard this before. And they were, they were, you know, sort of bewildered. So Ezra kind of takes the Deuteronomistic history and overlays that on top of what was happening at the time. Um, a little bit colonialist, but very interesting stuff going on there, especially when you read it in light of the Deuteronomistic history. And um, for that reason, I mean, I've, I've got to go with with Ezra here. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to kill it because I, I really do. I like the Gospel of Mary a lot, but historically and, and culturally and, and what it means to the Bible. I mean, Ezra to me is a four one. So my heart is with the gospel of Mary, but my head is with Ezra. Um, because, you know, you can't get better than Ezra. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was on mute. and I, just <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, you just muted right before I'm going to make a joke. <laughs> oh, I need some good. laughter. It's going to leave me hanging here. Um, Living with you. Uh-huh. That's a great song. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm with you. I really like the Gospel of Mary. I really wanted to vote for the Gospel of Mary over Ezra. But I think what you've keyed in on is so interesting what we have in Ezra. Now, granted, it's from a particular perspective. But right. nonetheless, right. we get we get a glimpse into the struggle between 
the group that was not exiled and continued to practice their, you know, religion however they wanted to versus the group that was exiled and had to find new ways to be religious and to do their religion like away from the temple and things like that. And then they come back together and there's a lot of conflict there. And that's kind of what we're getting at in Ezra Nehemiah. Um, I, th- I think it's kind of really interesting and in, in looking at group dynamics and things like that. I really like the glimpse that we get there. So I've got to go with Ezra. Um, I went 3-2 over the Gospel of Mary. Wow, yeah. I, that, that was tough. That was hard. You know, in, in Ezra, you also get that interesting uh, depiction, it, well, Ezra and Nehemiah, of, of you know, the people of, of the land kind of having to divorce their foreign wives right. and tear down the high places. And, no, and, no, and that's part of the problem with Ezra is that it's so, like, anti-intermarriage and stuff like that. But, but at the same time, it, it gives a... A, kind of a glimpse into those Josianic reforms that, you know, were right. quote for Josiah, not really, you know, it's kind of in the name of Josiah. Um, yeah, this returning, we're going to make it pure. We're going to make Israel great again. Like that's really kind of what, what this is setting up. God, I just, I keep seeing the best eclipse, the uh, best eclipse ever meme being retweeted. <laughs> Every time I look over a tweet yeah. tag and I'm like, don't, don't do that. All right. Wow. Matthew Ezra in round four. For the semifinals, that that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Ezra making a strong run. That actually is a, a a really strong run for Ezra. Yeah, beat Philippians, then the Gospel of Mary, now Matthew. Wow. Well, I mean, you got a little lucky with the first round five, but it, yeah, and it only be it beat Philippians only because I did four one. Right. You and Dr did a three two three two. Yeah. All right. Uh, now the shit hits the fan. Have you stretched? <laughs> Wait, hold on, let me. Let me. I, I gotta. I gotta get my notebook. Ah, it's it's right here. Here's my notebook. Let me open up my notebook. All right. <laughs> here we go. Romans versus Second Shmuley, Second Samuel. So I guess the question is: Is either one of us not going five zero for the book that we're picking? <laughs> We might as well revisit this one. We we need to we need to get somebody else on next week to. I know we we need to ways. we we keep messing up the scheduling with David Ray, so we're gonna try to get that ironed out next week to get him back on the show because he wants to be here. We need him here clearly. Him here. Yeah, uh, we also want him here. He adds a lot to the show. Um, <laughs> so if you want to if you want to table Romans versus Second Samuel, we can table that because I'm pretty confident it's gonna be five o five o. Probably, yeah. I, I think I think you're gonna escalate, then I'm gonna escalate, and we're gonna need <laughs> we're gonna need like a China to. We're to gonna say, need a mediator. Yeah. Yeah, both of y'all put put your nuclear codes down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, hmm. You want to you want to table it? Let's table that. We're not going to get through them all this week anyway. Let's table it, see if we can get D-Ray on the show next week. Uh, It'll also give you, because I think you're going to need some more ammunition, so it'll give you time to stock up. I I got 16 pages of notes. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) I knew you were bringing it. After the death of Saul, when David had returned from defeating the Amalekites, David remained two days in Ziklag. On the third day, a man came from Saul's camp with clothes torn and dirt on his head. I mean, it's freaking Game of Thrones right there. Like, why are we, why are we, ugh. Go read Second Samuel. It's amazing. Anyway, not not you, Thomas. I know you have, but but people out there listening, 
you're all heathens if you haven't read Second Samuel, even if you're not religious. Um, all right, so it's Esther beats Susanna. Esther is a great book. Whoever wins from Romans and Second Samuel will defeat Esther. Sorry, yeah, Mariana. Yeah. Mariana loves Esther for obvious and and I like Esther. I'm going to talk about this next week with that in round four because Esther is a yeah. great book and and we need to. It's a fun book. It tells a great story. And they made a movie out of it called One Night with a King, which is actually not a horrible movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you watch that. As those movies go. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just say it's not a horrible movie? It's it's not. It's not the worst in that genre. Wow. What's the worst? That's a good question. Um, hmm, I don't know. I'd much more. I'd much rather talk about what's the best. Like maybe we could do a bracket. Obviously, next. the top. Of, yeah, we could do. We could do a bracket with that. Yeah. All right. We have 127 movies in this bracket. The top of the list quickly is uh, Life, Life of Brian. Brian. Python's Life of Brian. <laughs> right, Number no two on the list is Jesus Christ Superstar. Right? I, I've never. Wherever you seen go it. after that, I don't care. But that's one and two. I've never seen Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, you got it's so good. It's so like 70s rock opera Jesus. It's like this weird, like... Yeah, I like David Bowie. Like, yeah, I think you would really like it. You would okay. really like it. You need to come to Tallahassee so we can watch Jesus Christ Superstar together. We'll get moved um, in and, and we'll, we'll play come. a little, play a little David Bowie. Yes, so we're gonna make we're gonna make that happen. So if you've enjoyed this bracket, <laughs> you have another bracket to look forward to potentially. We may not do that to you. Um, okay, so then we have Judges versus First John. All right, you. you... You explain first, John. I'll explain judges. How's that? Okay, that's fine. So I'm obviously a fan of First John. Um, I don't. I don't really know how else to say this. It's a great book. You've obviously got some really good uh, things there that I really appreciate, um, like God is love. I've said this every time we've talked about it. Um, there's a lot of really strong stuff there. And kind of the role that love plays in your life and how that should uh, influence, impact how you interact with those around you. I think this is very, very timely. I think it's a message that we need today. Um, Judges is great. Judges brings a lot. I've talked about Deborah. I really appreciate what's going on there. Judges is is interesting and kind of had the cyclical aspect, right? We've talked about that. I know you're supposed to be talking about judges. But for me... I don't know. Do I need to go ahead and give a score now? Is that what I need to do? I don't you think can. I've sold. I don't think I've sold First John really well, um, but yeah. I've read from it before. I mean, right? I did that in in another one of. I think when it was up against, um, well, it was either Lamentations or Psalm one fifty one. I read this whole passage. I think from First John. Um, I don't really know what else. I mean, I talked about the kind of anti-decetic stuff that you have in there, which for me might knock a point off. Um, but you have the whole bit about how we need to love each other. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I am leaning toward first John. And for me, I think it's three, two over judges, <sighs> but this is hard for me, honestly, because my hesitation here is I love first John. It's very important, meaningful for me. Um, yeah. but it doesn't have a whole lot of depth at least in far as like a lot of different things to offer, which I think judges does. Yeah, no, I, I can respect that. I mean, first John is a, 
it, it is an underappreciated book, for sure. And I, I think beating Lamentations was a big one because I, I, I do like Lamentations. Um, but, but it, it, because it has a name first John, like people don't get, go there. And it, when preachers preach from it, people say like, oh, where's that? And they try to find it in their <laughs> testament if they right. have a Bible, and they're like, man. Um, for me, I mean, Judges is. It's one of those books that I remember sort of really reading the first time after escaping Southern Baptist life and, and realizing, like, wow, there's some complicated stuff going on. So, like you said, there's a, a consistent pattern. You know, people are unfaithful to God. Um, God basically hands them over to their enemies. The people retreat or, or, or repent, and God causes... You know, the enemies to retreat, or he sends them a leader. In this case, a, uh, 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 um, was it Sefer Se- uh, Shaftim, like a, a judge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the judge delivers them, but then they fall back into their wickedness. And even the judges are, are kind of these flawed figures. Right. So growing up, and when I read this for the first time when I was 18, 17, 17. Um, when I went to college, and I, I just remember thinking, this is like a comic book, you know, because Batman is really flawed, and you know, Bruce Wayne is is not the real person, and Batman the alter ego, like Batman is the real person, and Bruce Wayne is the alter ego, and it feels like that with judges, you know, and Clark Kent yeah. really isn't Superman, like Superman is Superman, and and Clark Kent is is actually the the you know the person in costume. You know, so whether it's Othniel or Deborah or Ehud or Gideon or Bimelech and Jephthah and Samson, like those those characters play these roles of leadership, but they're not always very good at it, especially Samson. Um, and it leads right into Samuel, and it does it so well. I, I know there's redaction, whatever, but it's it's a good read. Um, and you get the song of Deborah. Those things. Anyway, I and, and Barack's in there, so you get Barack Obama, and and, and you get the story of Sisera. <laughs> You know, where Deborah like, takes the tent peg and, you know, stabs him in the temple. Right. You, you can't beat that. I mean, I love it. Um, oh, it's J.L. with the tent peg, I think, isn't I'm it? So, yeah, I'm sorry, J.L. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, sorry. I was looking at this list here on my paper. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go f- just to make it happen for one. Yeah. Sorry, I, I I respect I respect uh, first John there, but I mean, come on, Sam. All you need is love. Love is a mini splendid thing. Love is a mini mini splendid thing. Oh no, wait, six. Yeah, why didn't that did that not transfer? It didn't move him on. Why didn't that move? It just went one to one. Uh, yes, love is a mini splendid thing. It is. All right. Oh, oh, I didn't click the who won. Okay, there we go. Oh, because of the set thing again. I see. Because it was one one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to be unanimous when you only have two. All right. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You wanna? 
maybe do one more than call it quits or you want to call it quits there and then get some neutral third parties because after this we've got uh, Revelation 1st Corinthians which is going to be a tough matchup yeah, it's a tough matchup I think some outside experience might help uh, then Job Hebrews which mm, depending on who we get <laughs> yep Hosea Malachi which I, I can go ahead and tell you Hosea is going to win that one um yeah, I'm with you on Jose. We can go ahead and call it. Oh, yeah? One, okay, well, let's go ahead and do that. I mean, yeah, Malachi's a great book, 6 8. Everybody loves it. But Malachi also has some cool stuff. Um, I'm going to go 3 2. Uh, the, the most interesting thing about Malachi is that it's kind of an underrepresented, I don't know, underappreciated, kind of almost apocalyptic book in some, or apocalypse literature book in some ways. Um, Yes, it's, it's part of part of the prophetic books, but there's some later redaction, kind of similar to Daniel, um, in those later chapters with the oracles against Israel. Uh, good, good short book, fantastic book. Please go read Malachi. It's at the end of your Old Testament if you're a Protestant. Um, good, good stuff. All right. So Hosea, which we'll talk about. Hosea is good lord. That's a complicated book. Yeah. It, it's probably besides Jeremiah. The most complicated book in the in the Old Testament, and not theology, but in terms of the history of the book and how it got revised and revised and revised and revised. But a wonderful book. All right. Well, let's stop there then. That'll leave yeah, us... I think that leaves some good, really, really tough matchups for next week. So. Yeah, holy cow! So, so we've got uh, Romans, Second Samuel. We've got Revelation, First Corinthians. Which is going to turn up all the haters. I mean, that, that's a hell of yep. a book. A hell, yep. a hell of a matchup. Job, Hebrews. Job, Hebrews. Uh, what's going to be the, the ultimate bloodbath? <laughs> Gospel of Thomas versus First Kings. James, Deuteronomy. Daniel, First Maccabees. Oh, no, we already, we already yeah. did that one. Daniel. And then Second Kings and Mark. I don't know. Second Kings, Mark is probably going to be the big one. We'll save that for the end. I'll I'll get an an Old Testament person. You get a New Testament person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll go to war. Um. Wow. Yeah. We're we're getting to the nitty gritty here. So when, once we get this done, we've got uh one two three four five six seven eight eight left. And then four and then two. So we're we're in the uh, we're in the sweet sweet sixteen here. Round four. Wow. Almost, yeah, we're almost there in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, it's, yeah, there are no e easy decisions at this point. <laughs> Do you watch Game of Thrones? No. Would Would you ever <laughs> watch Game of Thrones, or are you, are you like against it, or are you just? No, like, I would. Cause I would just. I never got started watching it, and you know it's been so long now that I just have not gone back to watch it. I mean, it's evergreen. You can start at any time. It's not like... You I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I may at some point. I'm not very good at keeping up on the, like, the the really popular cultural things. You know, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, things like that. I'm not good at doing that. Friends, when everybody watched Friends. <laughs> that was a completely different, like, existence, like, time. Right, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... It's the thing that captures everybody culturally on TV. Ancient aliens. 
I don't usually watch that. Other than the sports things that do, I'm usually watching those. Oh, yeah, you like but, the 30 for 30s and all those things. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, Santa obviously, and we're coming into the fall where <laughs> my productivity definitely takes a hit in the fall because I watch a lot of football, <laughs> stay up late much too often than I should. I mean, it's crazy. There's college football games on Tuesday and Wednesday nights now. So you basically have football almost every night of the week. So the fall is one of my favorite times of the year for that reason. Um, And so it's kind of like other times of the year. I watch TV, but I try to not do as much, like do things in my life that need to get done because I know what the fall is like. You're saving it up. Yeah. That's like me with basketball season. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't touch me on a Sunday afternoon. No. Yeah. Gospel of Mary. Wow. I didn't see that coming. I thought I thought you were going to go the other way. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. May surprise you later too. May not though. Probably not. <laughs> you always surprise me, Thomas. Uh, <sighs> so what a week. Okay, so we'll have another one of those evergreen intros next week. I'm sure. If we're still around. So the question is. How low, like, so everybody talks about Trump having a a floor, right? The question is, and I'm thinking about this reading some stuff from 538 today, is how low is his floor actually? That's the question. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking of because I'm going to get in so much trouble. Um, So that's the thing I'm watching in the next week is what's he going to do? How's it going to affect the poll numbers? How long? Here's my here's my question, right? Is where do you set the over under for when he breaks into the twenties? Oh, okay, so I, I was wrong. This applies to male and female, so I won't get in trouble. So, are, are you asking about his pelvic floor? <laughs> you know I am because when those are uh, tightened, uh, it now yeah. and relaxing it allows passage of of pee pee and poo poo. And they're important for sexual function in both men and women. See? I didn't know we're that. We're past the hour mark, so we're, we're good. Nobody's listening. Yeah, this is the after show. Um, what, what are the... Jeez. Ah, pelvic floor so, muscles. Have you ever right. Googled pelvic floor muscles? Oh, my God. Sam is in a rabbit hole now. <laughs> I'm looking at a site from the Continents Foundation of Australia. Anyway, um, yeah, so... I think he's gonna. I, it doesn't matter. I mean, I think he's gonna rain through chaos. I think he's gonna get down to the twenties. Um, I mean, the hard floor has got to be twenty five percent, right? I mean, you can't get lower than a quarter of the people based on. I don't the, know. I mean, I could see him going down to. I don't think I don't see him going under twenty, but I could see him going to twenty two or twenty three. How? I mean, sub-30 is unheard of. Sub-30, right? I mean, there's only been a few of those. Um, I mean, late, late, late in, um, in W. Bush's um, presidency. So, yeah, you, he, I mean, I think he, he got down, down to, to that? 24, I think. Um, I think Nixon got down there. Um, I think it gets there when he starts kind of clearly breaking promises to people that voted for him. Which he's done, but I think when it happens on a larger scale, that's when it's gonna he's gonna have another big drop. Um, Maybe you know if the hurricane comes into Texas and it drops twelve inches or twenty two inches or whatever people are saying, 
on these very unprepared for territories. Yeah, and he flies over them. You know, he maybe that. I don't know. Like, I I don't think the political stuff is going to get him there. Is what I'm saying. You know, I don't think I, I don't think it's the dog whistling. You know, stuff. I think I think it's the real on the ground. I think I mean, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's where we are now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what got George W. there was, you know, not his stance on Iraq or Afghanistan or or or, you know, repealing this, repealing that. It was, it was his inability to get us out of Afghanistan and his uh, his his, you know, kind of mishandling of things like right. Katrina. Katrina, yeah. George Bush hates black people. Yeah, I mean, oh I, I man, think, like where's Kanye? How quaint were those days? Well, Kanye's in Trump Tower. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, well, you know, is is uh, is is uh, uh, what's his name? Hotline Bling guy. What's his name? Um, Drake. Drake. It, you know, it, it, is it going to take a Drake to to get up and say Donald Trump hates black people for people to say like, oh shit, does he really? No, because I mean, no, it's kind of no. what happened with. No, Kanye. because nobody listens to Drake anymore anyway. Yeah, well, who are, uh, Ken, Ken, Kendall Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Who is fantastic. He is. His, fantastic. His, uh, his album. No, what it's going to take is going to take T-Swift. You think? But it's not going to happen. I don't know. Reputation. Right? And she's talking about the newspapers and she got, she's got lizards. She got yeah, lizard but tail. she also, right, I think she subscribes to the Michael Jordan philosophy there right michael jordan famously said republicans buy sneakers too um <laughs> especially young white male republicans <laughs> right. please buy my sneakers yeah yeah um, yeah you know and uh uh jump man actually they actually have a line of, of driver outfits uh for nascar that that denny hamlin uses i think he's the only one um but jordan actually personally like sponsors uh, oh really? Yeah, like so. It, everyone's outfit has like E Parco or or um, I forgot the other. Adidas does some, and um, you know, like the special fire suits that drivers wear. And Denny Hamlin, who drives the FedEx car, he he's got Jumpman on his shoulders. And, nice. and yeah, I've always thought that was interesting. I'm like, really? But hey, Republicans buy sneakers too. <laughs> NASCAR fans buy sneakers too, Sam. Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> they, they buy uh, the puppets. A uh, museum prepares. South Carolina judge denied. A museum prepares plan for Confederate flag display. South Carolina lawmakers give input. What, what is this? It's been two years since the Confederate flag came down from the state house. Yes, I know. I just saw a tweet from a newspaper thing with with a Confederate flag cake. Museum staff at the South Carolina Confederate relic room, which is a real thing, and military museum downtown Columbia here are preparing funding requests for state dollars to display the flag separately from other exhibits. So originally they asked for like $4 million or something to display the Chinese-made Confederate flag that used to fly in front of the state house here. Um, and they never got the money for it. So the, the, the last flag that was taken down by black Citadel grads uh, is actually in a cardboard box in the basement of the South Carolina Confederate Relic Room and Military Museum still. Uh, so they're asking for two to three hundred thousand dollars to display the flag. I think I could do it for cheaper, Thomas. I think so. Not think much Sam, cheaper. Sam Harrelson Probably not much cheaper. I, I'll but, cut it in half. Sam Harrelson yeah. Consulting can do this, South Carolina, for a hundred thousand dollars. I will. I will be able to display this this Chinese made thing in in your 
Confederate relic room and military museum for a hundred thousand dollars. That's a good deal, South Carolina. You should definitely take yeah, it. I'm just saying, save some money. Good lord, what what is wrong with our? I mean, we're. Do mm, you know what that money could do for for yes. the PD region of South Carolina? Yes. When you had the kind of challenge we had when nine people lost their lives and it was centered around hate and the flag you've taken down and then you tell me on the other hand you want to tell me let's celebrate it by spending $300,000. I think they need to treat the flag like the other flags down there. Display it. Let's move on. I like that. John Scott, Democrat from Richland County. Good, good man. So yeah, you can think about why it would cost $300,000 to display a flag. Um, and you can tell us on Twitter if you could do it for cheaper. Um, as I'm gonna, always, I'm going to need another uh, another notebook. You're interjecting, here. yeah, Sorry. another Sorry. notebook Sorry. for for Second Samuel fodder. Jephthah and the Ammonites. That's a troubling one. We'll just let that sit with you for this week. <laughs> let that sink in yep just let that sink in <laughs> let him who has ears to hear uh, don't 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 go new testament on this all right as always you can find us on twitter sam's at sam harrelson i'm at thomas whitley you can always find this sometimes not horrible podcast at thinking.fm